morning. Can I have everybody stand up? How's everybody doing today? <laughs> Very good. Hey, how many of y'all do not have air conditioning? And thank you. You're welcome to give you some cool air. Amen. Come on now. Come on now. Woo! <laughs> Ooh, feels like East Coast, East Coast. I want to say hello, everybody watching online and all the people uh, on all our campuses. Let's give all those people out there a big hand. When, when we were worshiping, I just felt this desire to have all of us spend 30 seconds telling Jesus thank you for being who he is. We all got drama in our life. Can I get amen? And thank God that God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's never going to change. So on all the campuses, if you're online, stand up wherever you're at, even if you're by yourself in your house, and let's give Jesus 30 seconds of saying thank you, screaming out to him, glorify him. Come on now, church. Come on. Come on, church. Come on. Come on. Amen. 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 Come on. Come on. Amen. 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 Um, every time you come to church, I want to encourage you to, to identify your drama, your pain, your struggle, and bring it to church and say, Lord, I'm offering this to you. He wants it. Especially today, we're going to talk about today. Especially today, we're going to talk about today. But I want you to, and I told you last week, if you weren't here, to bring your most um, negative thought that you have. So as we prepare, I'm going to pray. I want you to think about the most negative thought you have. The one thing you're scared of the most. The one thing that discourages you the most. The thing that haunts you from the past. The thing about the future you're worried about. I want you to identify what that is because we're going to talk about that very thing. Amen. And give you a little system that you can use for the negative thoughts that you have. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to pray. I want you to be thinking about it. And if there's any way for you to take notes today, this is a day. I mean, you should take notes every Sunday. But if, if you can take notes today, I want you to make sure you write it down. Take pictures of the screen. Whatever it is, go online. Get the lesson plan. But take notes today uh, because we're going to talk about how to deal with your negative thoughts. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. I pray you encourage people today. I pray you give them something very practical that can transform their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I got a negative thought for God. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Years ago, um, I was at a hotel, and in the hotel they had a, uh, a rock climbing wall, and I've never climbed a rock climbing wall. And I always wanted, I wanted, in fact, I wanted to have one here at the rock in the lobby, right? A rock climbing wall at the rock. But it just didn't work out that way. But anyway, I, I said, I want to, so I, I was in a hotel. I was like, you know, I want to do that for once. And, and I, I'm all fascinated by how not only people climb rock walls, but climb rocks out in the, you know, rocks. And which I think is insane when they don't do it any bungee cords. But I, I think it's crazy. So I was like, I'm going to do it like right here where it's controlled. And so I went up there and I said, this is a lady, she was teaching. I said, hey, I want to do this. Can you teach me? She said, yeah, it's real easy. So anyway, we did it. She, she was, um, taught me when I climbed to the top and 
did it. Boom, boom, boom. And if, how many of you have never climbed a rock climbing wall? You've never done it. Raise, raise your hand. Okay, you got it. It's real fun. How many of y'all have done it before? Okay, so a lot of y'all have. When you climb a rock climbing wall, I mean, obviously all the little um, crevices that they have are designed to hold your weight. And they're all screwed in and it's all man-made, but they are designed to hold your weight. And she was saying, just make sure you grab where you can get a good grip for your hand, a good grip for your foot, and you pull yourself up. And she was telling me all the body techniques and how to, you know, uh, 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 shift your weight, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the only way you can get to the top is that if these little crevices in the wall can hold your weight. And when you grab it with your hand, your foot, and, and, and then you pull yourself up, pull yourself up, and then you get to the top. The devil goes through your mind and he tries to find any bit of truth that he can latch a lie to. Any bit of truth. And every day he's looking through your mind looking for any type of truth, half truth. In other words, you're a bad person. Well, the fact that you're a person is true. Maybe the fact that you did something that you shouldn't have done is true. But it doesn't mean you're a bad person. And what he does is he grabs these, these little truths in your mind, little thoughts, experiences, and he latches on to a, it's a lie, a negative thought. Today we're going to talk about automatic negative thoughts. Now, a stronghold is a wrong thinking pattern. And the devil has strongholds in your mind he can get you thinking the same negative thing over and over and over again, even though God can give you evidence that it's not true. And for years and years and years, the devil can latch on to that one little thing and get you to think over and over again, you'll never be this, this will never happen, you'll never be in love, you'll never be married, you'll never be satisfied, you'll never have enough, you're never going to be good enough in your parents' eyes. No matter what you do, he's got that stronghold, that strong thinking pattern, that wrong thinking pattern in your head. And unless you can get, break that, you'll be a slave to it. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Look what it says. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for, pull, for pulling down strongholds. Strongholds, wrong thinking patterns. Then it says, it says, casting down arguments, arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Every high thing, every thought, every idea that is contrary to God's truth in your life. And then it says, bringing every thought into captivity to the being of Christ. You have to take those negative thoughts and say, stop. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand. No, you know what I'm talking about. And, and so these thoughts will be in your head before you open your eyes when you wake up in the morning. You're laying in bed and you find, you find yourself waking up and you, and you know you're awake before you open your eyes. And, then, and, and how, by the way, that's, that's bad for me. I don't like waking up anyway because I love sleep. Can I get an amen? amen? I mean, my sleep, my goodness. <laughs> my favorite part of the day is going to bed. <laughs> is anybody's favorite part of the day going to bed? <laughs> Watch this, watch this. This is going to be, this is going to sound kind of, kind of, kind of eerie to you. How many of you, your favorite part of the day is going to sleep? You know that? It's going to be, you know what the Bible says? That the death of the saints are pleasing to God. That when you die, I know it's going to be sad for the people you leave, but you're going to heaven. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I mean, it, it, is, it is a sad thing. I, I watched both my parents die. It was, it was horribly sad. But my mom, I was like, go. 
Go, because where you're going to is better than what you got here. So anyway, but my point is that, so when you go to sleep before you wake up, the devil's already speaking to you. Don't get up. The day's going to be messed up. This is going to happen. This is going to, and you're like, man, I don't even want to get out of bed. Anybody ever experienced that? It's, it's in your head. It's in your head. So that's what the devil does. Look what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. Proverbs 23, for as he thinks or she thinks in his heart, so is he. How you think is how you will be. How you think. A lot of times we come to church and we pray and we're waiting for some supernatural, whew, I'm just going to be better. You got to think. You have to put effort into thinking, memorizing verses, talking about the Bible, talking about God's goodness in your life. Look what the Bible says in Romans. It says, in Romans, for those who live according to the flesh, our selfish desires set their minds on things that are fleshly, selfish, self-centered. But those who live according to the Spirit, and the things of the spirit, for, uh, to, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is peace. If you set your mind on things that are the spirit, it is life. But that's a decision you have to make. It's a decision you have to make. Look what it says in Romans chapter 12. It says because, oh, Romans chapter 12, keep, keep going. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to the world. Don't be transformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Everyone say mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable will of God. There's a difference between your mind and your brain. Oh, newsflash. There is a difference between your mind, physical, I mean your, your mind, non-physical, and your brain, which is physical. Your brain is like tofu. It's a three and a half pound computer in your head. It is three and a half pounds. It's the texture of tofu. It is physical. You can touch it. Your mind is separate to your brain. Your mind tells your brain, dictates your brain. God can speak to your mind. Your brain is not controlling you. You are controlling it. And so you have to understand the difference between that. You are not just, I got to do what my body says. No, you don't. We are spiritual beings. And so, so you, you have to be renewed by the, uh, transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, if you are thinking negative thoughts, it will impact every part of your life, even your physical. Watch this. Watch this. Negative thought, positive thought. When you have negative thoughts, you shorten your DNA. Positive thought, healthy DNA. Negative thought, release toxic chemicals. Positive thought, endorphins that bring joy. An endorphin is a chemical in your mind that brings, do uh, um, brings uh, 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 happiness. Dopamine is one of them. When you are happy, dopamine is one of the chemicals in your brain that is released that makes you feel happy. When you get high and use drugs, one of the things that, one of the, I used to use cocaine, and cocaine would go into your brain and tell your brain, release a lot of dopamine, dope, huh, huh get it? Dopamine, this is true, I'm, I'm not making this up. Look up dopamine, and dopamine is a pleasure drug in your brain that God gave you. So when you experience happiness, you, when, you, when you have a, an experience that's supposed to be happy, you have the ability to experience happiness because God gave you dopamine, one of the things, okay? So when you, when you have positive thoughts, hey, I'm gonna have a great day today. You feel good. Why? Because one of the reasons is you have chemicals in your brain called endorphins and they make you feel better. Positive thought. When you have a negative thought, uh, you ever have someone come in the room, oh, it's going to be a bad day. You're like, dang. <laughs> Everything's negative. Be the person that's positive. Okay, but what if it's not positive? But what if, what if it's you don't even really know yet? Make it positive. 
Negative thought increases blood pressure. Positive thought, healthy blood pressure. Next, next list. Negative thought increases sweet gland, sweat gland activity. You start sweating. Positive thought, healthy sweat gland activity. Negative thought, colder hands. Positive thought, normal temperature. Negative thought, tense muscles. Positive thought, relaxed muscles. Keep going. Negative thought, unhealthy heart rate. Positive thought, cool like the other side of the pillow. <laughs> Negative thought, erratic breathing. Positive thought, normal breathing. Negative thought, brain activity drops. <laughs> I, I, when, you, when you are nervous and scared and, and you're thinking negative, your brain locks up. You can't even think straight. Make bad decisions. Positive thought, healthy brain activity. Is there any more? Bam. Okay. So what we're going to do is I want you to think about your negative thought. Have you, have you all got your negative thought down? Say, if you got your negative thought, right, raise your hand. Okay. Okay, here's, I'm going to put you through some steps on how to deal with your negative thought. If you take the time to do this, when you get negative thoughts, it'll change your reaction to them. And what I have found with doing this is that those negative thoughts a lot of times go away. Because you realize that they're not worth your energy. It's not that even you realize it only cognitively in your brain, but it's, the devil has no more foothold on you. Remember, he, if he can get his hand in there and convince you something, and once you do this exercise, this is one of the things that can, can remove his ability to have a stronghold in your mind. For example, if you think that you are ugly and you will never have anybody love you, if the, if the devil has convinced you of that, there's nothing, and if you don't let go of that perception, there's nothing anybody can do for you. But once you let go of that perception, the devil can't get his foothold in it because it doesn't exist anymore. And so what I'm going to talk about today is something you can use for any negative thought you have. And it'll take you a few minutes. And you, if you did it every day, you're going to realize, man, imagine if you can get, imagine if there's, by the way, three or four negative thoughts that are completely blocking God's destiny in your life. Just imagine that. I'm guessing, 100% guess, but I bet you it's not more than 10. That the devil has gotten in your life, and I, and I would say 10 is a lot, because one of them can be, you're just a failure. That thought right there. Because that thought right there, can, you can apply to everything you try, but it's that one thought. I'm not smart. I'm not as smart as my big brother, so therefore I'll never. He'll always be ahead of me. There's one or two, three, four things that is the foundation of a whole lot of negativity in your life and a whole lot of hesitancy and a stronghold in your life where you are enslaved in bondage and stuck. And God's like, man. Matter of fact, uh, if you can, I'm going to ask the, the video guys, can you put back Romans 8, 5 to 8? Because I, I think I missed something in there. Put Romans 8, 5 to 8 back in. There we go. For those who live according to the flesh, your selfishness set their minds, their thinking, not their brain, their thinking on things that are the flesh. I'm thinking about me. I'm thinking about my money. I'm thinking about my upbringing. I'm thinking about my dad. I'm thinking about all these things that are negative in my life. But those who live according to the spirit... The things that are of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is set on death. I can't. It's not going to work out. It never worked out for me. I'm just going to, I have to settle. 
right? But to, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, okay? Because the carnal mind is, watch this, enmity. I can never say this word, enmity against God. It's warring against God. You and I war against God. Our natural, when I say natural, our sinful desire is about us. It's not about God. It's about me. God says, go right, I'm going to go left. Because I'm going to do it my way. The carnal mind, the fleshly mind, is about you. It's against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. But then it says, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Can't please God. If you're constantly thinking in the fleshly mindset, you're constantly allowing the devil to dictate to you what you should be scared of, how you should be, how you're a failure, how you should hesitate. You can't please God because God is asking you to step out in faith to do something that requires faith that may be scary to you, but it, because you don't know the provision that God has for your life. And so they're at war with each other. The Spirit's telling you to do one thing and your mind, your, your flesh, and the stronghold, this lie in your head, these negative thoughts are saying, don't believe that. That's the battle. Let me say it really clearly. That is the spiritual battle. It's right here. Now, that is something you have to decide even to think. Whenever you're reading the Bible, and I would encourage you to read your Bible every day, pay attention if you're really paying attention to what you're reading. Because <laughs> you could be reading blah, 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 and be thinking about golf. <laughs> blah, 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 thinking about a movie. Blah, 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 thinking about a barbecue. And just, your eyes are going over the words, but your mind, and if you pay attention, you're like, man, I don't even know what I just read. Because your mind was doing one thing and your brain was doing another. You have to be paying attention to what is the devil saying to you. And someone says, hey, you want a new job? And you're like, well, yeah, I want a new job. Your mouth is saying that, but your mind is going, I'm never going to get it. I'm not going to, I'm going to figure out a way to sabotage this whole thing. You got to pay attention and think about your thinking. So what I'm getting ready to tell you is that if you did this, just spend your time taking those negative thoughts and do this drill and then watch what happens. Okay? So watch this, watch this. Number one. Get a negative thought, and what you're going to do, next, next slide, describe your automatic negative thought, ant. These are called ants, by the way. How many of y'all got ants in your house? Okay, very good. You got ants in your head, okay? Describe your ant by, by writing it out, the negative thought, in detail. For example, write it out in detail. Example, I'll never see my dreams fulfilled because what? Because I am not as good as my brother and he's taller than me, he's better looking than me and my dad always liked him and then my life will be a mess and I'm going to be miserable. And you got to write the whole thing out. Write it out. Be honest with yourself. And by the way, when you do this, you realize, what am I thinking? <laughs> I was at a friend's house. He lived in Scripps Ranch, had a, you know, at the time, you know, it was a nice 3,000 square foot home in Scripps Ranch, which is, you know, probably four times the value now than it was back then. But, you know, jacuzzi, pool. We're sitting in a jacuzzi. He's got kids. His son was on my son's baseball, football team, whatever it was. We're sitting in a jacuzzi talking. He's got a six-figure job, mid-six-figure job, you know, 200,000, whatever, whatever. And he's worried that he's going to be homeless. I was like, run this by me again? Is that your house? Isn't this your bubbles? <laughs> Isn't that your pool? 
Is that your wife, your kids? Uh, aren't I your friend? Won't you come live with me if, if you got a job? I mean, I, I don't get it. Uh, you, gotta, you make two, $300,000 a year. You got the most value, uh, important rich people in the world that are your friends right here in San Diego. And you're going to be homeless? How, 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 where does that come from? It comes from his childhood. And that drives him every day. Wrong motivation. So when I say write it out, write it out. And here's what's going to happen. You're going to start writing it out. You're going, I can't even write this. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> now, I'm telling you gospel. You're going to start writing it out. I'm never going to be married. And then I'm just going to die and, you know, <laughs> all by myself. And no one's going to come visit me. And all my friends are going to abandon me because they're going to think I'm not worth anything because no one ever loved me. And then I'm, my, I'm not going to be able to pay my cable bill. No one's going to hire me. <laughs> I know we laugh. I know we laugh. Say amen if you've had some ridiculous thoughts like that. Amen. amen. Why? Because the devil is very slick and he can get you to believe some craziness. So you have to write the thought out. The next one it says, then it says, it says, uh, um, go, go back one. Okay. For, whoop, watch this. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come into the light lest his deed should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. What does that mean? Is that if you bring that darkness into the light, write it on a piece of paper, type it on your phone and read it, bring it out. That's what I'm thinking. That ain't gonna happen. It, you have to do that. Because if it's in the dark, it's, it, it, you know, and you never flesh out really what you're thinking, the devil's whispering this garbage in your head. And all you're doing is, you're hearing some words, but mostly you're feeling the fear. So write it out. Everyone say write it out. If you do not, if you do, not do that step, the rest of the steps aren't going to work. And I would tell you, you can't write enough I mean, write as much as you can and let it sit in front of you and look at it. And if you really want to deal with it, go to someone you love and trust and say, read that. <laughs> you won't because you'd be like embarrassed. That's crazy. And go up to somebody and say, read that. And they're going to go, you think that? What? Where do you get that from? I don't know. It's just, I just think that. I don't know why. I the devil's where you got it. Look at number two. Number two, after you write it out, how does that thought make you feel? Then write out how it makes you feel. Look what it says. Example, does it make you feel anxious, fearful, insecure, nervous? Next one. The wisdom that is from above, God's wisdom, is pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality, without hypocrisy. In other words, when the devil's telling you stuff, it's going to tighten you up. Remember, your you're muscles are going to get tense. You're going to sweat. Your heart rate's going to go up. And your, your DNA is going to shorten. Your, your blood pressure is going to go up. That's the devil talking to you. When God talks to you, <sighs> now, how many of y'all want to be tensed up, shortened DNA, sweating, high blood pressure? Anybody? How many of y'all want to be, <sighs> can I get an amen? amen? Now, does it mean that certain things in your life that are negative won't happen? Not necessarily. 
Does it mean that you will worry a whole lot less about those things? Yes. And does it also mean that you will realize that 80% give or take of the things you worry about never happen? So you're not worrying about it doesn't make it not happen. It wasn't going to happen anyway. But you're not worrying about it enables you to be free from the worry and able to obey God in the process. It's a quality of life issue. The devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but God has come to give you life and life more abundantly. And so those are the two choices you have. Number three. Number three. Write it out. Is it true? I mean, write it out. How does it make you feel? And then ask, is it true? So I'm sitting in the jacuzzi. I'm like, are you really going really to be homeless? Are you really going to go homeless? For real. Do you know for sure that that's going to happen? Well, the answer is either yes, no, or not sure. Okay, so write it out. Is it true? The best you can say is, I'm not sure. But once you, once you write it out, you're going to be like, that ain't going to happen. You just can't. I mean, I mean even, even, if, even if my friend lost his job, lost his house, he can come stay with me. He, he, he's got 40 people that got guest houses. Literally. That he can go stay with. He ain't going to be homeless. He's got 40 people that will give him a job the next day. So even in some situations, you're going to realize this is not going to happen. What's the, next, what is it, what is the next thing? It says, Proverbs 27, do not boast about tomorrow or do not worry about tomorrow. Do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow has its own worries. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you first. But it says, do not worry about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. How many of y'all know what's going to happen tomorrow? You do? You know what's going to happen tomorrow? <laughs> I mean, okay, oh, I'm going to have a barbecue. <laughs> Potentially. How many of you are 100% sure you will even see tomorrow? You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I know what I think is going to happen tomorrow. I know it's a holiday. And I heard it's going to be hot. <laughs> but I don't know if I'll be here. And if I don't know if I'm going to be here, then all bets are off. So instead of worrying and putting so much in tomorrow, let me focus on what God says about today. Is this making sense to y'all? Okay, look what it says next. Are you 100% sure your negative thought is true? Let's hypothetically say it's going to happen. I'm for sure. 100%? Absolutely not. Look at the answer. Absolutely not. You can't be sure. You are not 100%. I should have put no there because you cannot be 100% sure. I guess you could have been 100% sure that tomorrow's Monday. But what if Jesus came back tonight? You don't even know that. Jesus said, no one knows the hour. Oh, so how can you do? Look what it says next. This is where it gets good. How would you feel without that negative thought? Now, I want you to think about that negative thought you said you had, and I want you to say to yourself, I don't have that thought anymore. And, think, and see if you can feel the endorphins in your brain and, and the peace of God come over your life. If you can think, I don't have to have that thought anymore. Imagine if you don't have to think ever again, you're a failure. 
Imagine if you never had a thought, had to ever have a thought again about you being not good enough. Never have to think it again. Imagine if you never had to have the thought, you're not accepted. Never had to have the thought again. What? Some, <clears throat> some people have failed or felt like a failure or have been sick or ne some negative condition so long they don't know what it means to live without it. And when they have an opportunity to live without it, to be healed, to be accepted, or the opposite to happen, they actually sabotage it because they're so accustomed to the negative. That's when the devil's got you bad. But God can deal with that. But just understand, for you to be honest with yourself, that's me. Now, gut check. And I will be the first to raise my hand. How many of you have something like that going on in your life right now? Imagine. This is a, this is the battle of your life. This is the spiritual battle in your life. Because the devil can get you thinking. There was an there was a, a, a illustration of a guy sitting on the curb and he was crying and he was Blaming the devil for all this stuff in his life, and his life was ruined. And, the, and, and I'm sorry, it was the devil. The devil was sitting on the curb, and he was crying, boohooing. And his angel came and said, what is wrong with you? You ruined the world. And he says, all these people blame me for stuff I didn't have a chance to do. <laughs> and, and, and part of the truth of that is that the devil will get in your head, but then we make the decision. A decision to actually follow through on destroying our own life. We make that decision. And if you can acknowledge that process, it just think about your thinking. What am I thinking right now? What am I scared of right now? What am I worried of right now? What am I avoiding right now? Why am I avoiding it? Is it really true? Man, what if I could get over this and defeat this in my life? I, I, I will tell you, as a person who's been to multiple counselors for over decades, that everybody should have a counselor in their life. There's no shame in getting a counselor. And I, would, I, would, I don't know if there's any human being that I've ever met that, that can't benefit from a counselor. Why? Because we're all flawed. And to have someone that isn't in your world caught up in your drama and in your, 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 your news clippings about how great you are, they could step back and look at you and go, what about this, what about this, what about this? And, and I've been in counseling where they, they were just, people I never knew, and a half an hour ago, bum, 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 bum. I was like, whoa, how did you know that? Because I've seen this movie before. This is the spiritual battle that you're in, that we're all in. And so the question is, how would you feel how would you feel without the thought? Look what it says. I would feel confident, peaceful, bold. How about free? How about I don't have to get up every day thinking somebody else or something else has power over my destiny. I don't have to look over my shoulder wondering when the shoe is going to drop. Look at what the Bible says in John chapter 8. It says, Jesus said to, to the Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word and trust me, if you trust me, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth, what? Shall set you free. Now, again, don't think that if you do this, 
things won't happen. But about 80% of the things we worry about never happen anyway. So it frees you up from worrying about stuff. And then when they happen, it will free you up from thinking the worst of what's going to happen when it happens. Because often when things happen, they're not often not as bad as we think they are when they happen. I remember when I was, um, uh, my, my uh, girlfriend that I had before my wife, <laughs> It was in high school. And I said, worry about, we're going to break up, blah, 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 blah. And, I, and, and then I ended up breaking up with her. And I was like, can you run that verse back? <laughs> Free. <laughs> Free. Now, this is not a slant on women. It was just me and this particular individual. I'm sure she was free too because she was out doing scandalous stuff on her own. But the fact of the matter is there was, there, we were both doing scandalous stuff, but the, the fact of the matter is there, there was a time when that thought was like enslaving me. And all of a sudden, oh, I was free. How would you feel without that thought? Look at, look, look at the next one says. Next step. I hope y'all, I hope y'all get, is this making sense to y'all? Is this helping y'all? Please do this. And by the way, if you, if you come to church without any plan of getting something that's going to help you later and you don't come out of here with something, not only, well, not, I'm not going to say I didn't do my job because I, hopefully I'm giving something that's going to help you, but you don't want to waste your time. Come to church every Sunday with some way of saying, I am, I am going to leave here with something practical that is going to help me. And now I'm going to tell you something. That seems counterproductive for me, helpful for you. If you come here all the time and get nothing, you should find another church. Amen. Because, and what I mean by that is, you should, eat, well, let me, let me back up. You should figure out a way to get something, and if you can't, go someplace where you can, because at the end of the day, when you come to church, it should be that you and God are connecting. And so make sure you're coming with the intent, God, speak to me. I got an issue. I got a burden. I want, to, I want to be transformed. God, speak to me. And if you can't get there, I want to help encourage you to go someplace where you can get that because that's available to you. Are you following what I'm saying? Because a lot of times, and again, I, I, everyone listens and experiences church differently. And some people just are statue-like, you know, just. <laughs> and you're getting a lot. It just doesn't seem like that to me. But that's my problem, right? That's not, that's not on you. But I, but I would encourage you, if you, all you're trying to do is memorize stuff, you're going to miss a lot of stuff. <laughs> Write stuff down. Get notes because there's a lot that God can do in your life. So describe in detail a, watch this, a thought opposite to the negative thought. Describe the opposite. Look at the, look at the verse. I mean, look at the verse. Look at, look at what it says. It says, I will be so successful that I will help others successfully fulfill their dream. Matter of fact, the first thought is I'm not going to be successful. This is the opposite. I'm going to be so successful, I'm going to help other people. Imagine that thought. I know I've been told I'm a failure. I, I'm going I'm to be blow up so big. <laughs> now, it doesn't mean you have to be a multi-bazillionaire. It just means you're going to find your purpose in life and you're going to be so fulfilled in, in paying the rent for your apartment and helping someone else get off the street. You don't, you don't have to have a multi-bazillionaire, everything. I'm going to be so fulfilled and I'm going to be so happy in doing that. That's it. 
just describe the opposite. You know, you're, 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 just, you're just ugly. I'm beautiful. Matter of fact, I'm gonna look in the mirror all day. How you doing? How you doing? <laughs> look, 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 look. The just shall walk by faith. This is a faith statement. It's a faith statement. It's a faith statement. I was telling somebody 40 years ago, 40 years ago tomorrow, it was Labor Day 1982. I don't know if the date was right, but the, uh, Labor Day, actually it was, it was September 5th, 1982. <laughs> I was cut from the Rams 40 years ago tomorrow. I was cut from the Rams. I got fired. I had no contract. I wasn't going to get paid. I had no degree. And I was 3,000 miles away from home. And I was 22. And I had no other teams that I could go to. I was just telling someone this this morning today. And I don't want to get into the whole story of how I ended up in San Diego, but it was a long God story about how I got here and should not have been signed by the Chargers because I tried out two months later with two other guys, and one of those guys was better than me in every area, bigger, stronger, faster, better athlete, better football player, and they picked me for reasons I'm not going to get into. And God said, I was all up in that. Here's my reason I'm telling you that. It ain't about you. You and I are not just that good. You're not good. You're not, you're not that good. And what I mean by that is when you start thinking it's about you, you start limiting everything to your perception, your resources, your ideas. We say, no, God is in this. God wants to do something bigger than your life. You have to get out of your own way. And so a faith statement, I'm going to fulfill God's purpose in my life. Now, let me say this. If your faith statement is I'm going to be a multimillionaire by 25 and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this, Fine, write that out. And then write at the bottom in Jesus' name. And say, okay, God, here's my plan. What do you, what do you say? Let's go. And, and as long as your car is moving, your life is moving, God can steer it this way and steer it that way. And as long as you're putting it in God's hands, he's going to change your life. But if you sit there and try to wrestle with the devil, oh, he's going to beat you down. And by the way, he's not going to beat you. He'll beat you down softly. He'll be softly. He'll just, uh, uh. And you won't even realize it. We're going to do a prayer of deliverance. Now, I want all y'all to sit up in your seat. Put your booty back in your seat. Sit up, get diaphragm. All the campuses. This is a spiritual battle. And we are going to declare victory over our life and over our mind. And we're going to declare this prayer of deliverance over ourselves. So we're going to read this out loud one at a time. And I want to encourage you to do this drill. Take some time, five minutes a day. Just write down your negative thoughts. Write them out and just do this. And do it every day. Do it every day. I have seen victory over negative thoughts. I have seen freedom. And I've literally been many times where I say, I don't have to think that anymore. I don't have to worry about that anymore. Some of the things never happened. And some of the things did, and when they did, I had so much time to think about it and prepare in a relaxed state that I was like, oh, I can deal with that. It's not that big a deal. It'll, this is going to change the quality of your life. And stop reading the Bible and praying and thinking some heaven's going to open up and all this glow is going to be around you all day long and protect you from all the evils of the world. That ain't going to happen. 
It's not going to happen. It's going to be when your mind is transformed and your life is transformed by the renewing of your mind and you start thinking like Christ, you're in tune with the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God is speaking to you and you are able to hear the Spirit of God and follow the Spirit of God. So let's read this prayer of deliverance. Let's read this prayer of deliverance. Okay. Are y'all ready? Okay, everybody take a deep breath in. We're 100%. Listen, 100%. How many of y'all want to be delivered from this evil of these negative thoughts? Amen? So let's pray this out loud. I mean, let's de declare this out loud. One, two, three. In Jesus' name. I break all agreements and contracts I've made with the devil. Here's a, here's a contract with the devil. You're ugly. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I agree, Satan. You're a failure. Yes, I am. I agree. That's a contract. A lot of y'all make contracts. Okay, next one. In Jesus' name, I break the power of evil spirits involved in my mind. In Jesus' name, I repent of the sin of rejecting God, believing lies about myself and or God. In Jesus' name, I forgive all grudges I hold against everyone I know. Oh, snap! Oh, snap! Some of y'all are like, I believe I'm... <laughs> How do you expect God to forgive you if you can't forgive others? Oh, snap! Uh-oh. That's the verse in the Bible. That's the verse in the Bible. That's the verse in the Bible. So let's read this again. Let's read it a little slower so it kind of sinks in. In Jesus' name, I forgive all grudges I hold against everybody I know and choose to think about them as Christ thinks about them. Oh, snap! <laughs> in Jesus' name, I choose only to believe and think about the life-giving yes God has on my life and reject the toxic no Satan speaks into my life. That's gospel right there. Come on now. Come on now. In Jesus' name, I break all spiritual strongholds and ask the Holy Spirit to fall upon my life. In G I agree with all my heart to think like and follow Jesus. Can I get an amen? Come on, in Jesus' name. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Please do this. Please do not think that you come to church every other third week and you're going to get this, oh, Pastor Miles preached a sermon and I'm good for three more weeks. That is not true. Don't even think that that could be true. That's not the purpose of this. And if you come, even if you come every week, which I, doubt, I know all y'all don't. Matter of fact, who wasn't here last week? Raise your hand. If you were not here last week, raise your hand really high, really high. Come on, really high. They're like, oh, Lord. <laughs> raise your hand really high and wave your hand like that. Okay, 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 okay. Great. We don't come here every week. You can, if you came every week and you listened intently, took notes every week, it's every day. Every day, read your Bible. Every day, spend time in prayer. It is a constant, constant battle. Please do this and pay attention. When you pray, pay attention. When you read your Bible, pay attention to what God does. Pay attention and watch how your mind thinks, your thinking thinks. And you're like, wait a minute, I don't got to think that. I don't got to think that. That's not true. That, I, I sense peace. I'm going to read the Bible. This makes me feel healthy. It makes me feel Pure. 
That is the journey. Lord, I pray for everybody in all our campuses. I pray for your Holy Spirit. I pray that what they declared in Jesus' name, I pray they feel free, that they are set free from the strongholds in their mind, the lies of the devil. And Lord, I pray that they leverage that freedom to obey you. Because at the end of the day, the greatest commandment is to love God and to love God means to obey God. So I pray that you empower us to obey you. In Jesus' name, amen.